podcast diving into all of the news you need to know from the weeby world and perhaps slightly beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Reese, and I'm joined, as always, by the man with a million figurines, Steve the Save Point Cosplayer. As I mentioned before, from last week, two more figures being added to that roster. Gotta find a place to put them, and Joe, I'm very excited. Finally getting back into cosplay. I know I talked about it before, Sealing the deal, Macy. Putting the feet, putting the feelers out. Yeah, I'm getting some, getting some, some estimates, some numbers. Saw how long it'll take. As you may know, listeners, I do typically commission my cosplays, and it's about time. I've missed it. I need to also redo all my makeup. I've had all my makeup from the past year, you know, two years or so. And it it dries out, and obviously, you know, I don't use it that often since I only use it for conventions. So maybe do for a refresher, just literally throw everything out and just start off anew. I know it'll be pricey, but I'm not going to use like three year old foundation. Now, Steve, some inside baseball, of course. I have yes. to I have to stand up for someone who can't speak right now. I have to be the voice for someone who can't speak right now, Steve. Your poor commissioner, the person that you go to. For cosplay, right. you mentioned That's you right. mentioned you you sent her a message. You're like, hey, what do you want to do? And what does she yep. come back with? You let me know. You told me that she came back and she said she's been <laughs> wanting to do Zoro from One Piece, and you aren't going to allow her to fulfill her creative expression that she wants to do. You need to let her be an artist, Steve, and you need to take one for the team. And cosplay Zoro from One Piece. Few things. A, haven't seen much of One Piece, n- especially not up to the design she wants to do, which is episode 1,443. <laughs> Two, short hair, wigs, Kazuro, short green hair, correct? Yes. Very hard to pull off. Just, just short wigs like that. Unless I just shave my head, and I'm not doing that. Let her have Three. that challenge. No. Three, he's super buff. Not going to be able to do that. You know, you've seen this. I am <laughs> mildly in shape. And four, if I was going to cosplay, anyway, Killer B has eight swords. Oh Zoro God. has three swords. God. Why am I wasting time? You're always complaining about three props. Swords? You are always complaining about having a lug around I, listen, these props. I know. I have to carry one of my teeth. But if I'm going to like go all out, I'm going to carry the swords <laughs> in my <laughs> In the, my elbows, arms, just like Killer B, and rap the entire time going throughout the convention because he raps while he fights. Sure, sure he as does. I'm all sure. Chudiki do really as all he's from a he's from no, a clan no, no, where everybody raps when they fight. Oh, no, only he God. does. Only Jin Chudiki. Those are the uh, the tailed beasts. He's one of them. Is Killer B only in tails. filler arcs, or is he actually? Kidding? No, no, he's a he's a main. Okay, so he's the main character. No, he's not. He's well, not. A... No, okay, no, not. A, okay, not. A, okay, so Naruto. If you want to, if we'll take a step back, main characters. That's gonna be Naruto, 
uh, Sasuke, etc. I would say I would say everyone who made it into the Kabuki play that I saw is a main character, <laughs> which does mean that yep, Rock Lee fine. not a main character. Rock, what? No, Rock Lee is a great. He, he's fine. Not, he's B tier. Okay, he's, he's fine. <laughs> Um, but Killer B, one of the eight, ta- he's one of the tailed beasts. He's a Jinchuriki. He has the eight tail, which is a giant octopus. And yeah, the Atatsuki are after him because they want to collect all of the tail beasts and they cannot beat him. Sasuke goes up against him. You should watch it. Sasuke goes up against him and he's basically like, is this guy a fucking joke? Cause he's rapping with his dumb swords. And Sasuke goes in there. You know how cool and suave and skilled he is. Gets his ass kicked by a rapping ninja with eight swords. Uh, some housekeeping for you. Of course, you can find a new episode of Weep <laughs> Weekly every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. We are on all of the podcast apps that you could possibly find us on. So, of course, please reach out. Please download subscribe review all that good stuff to keep the algorithm happy so that we can of course keep bringing you that weeby goodness each and every week oh my god has it been a good week to be me this week steve a good week to be you i'm just it's been a it's been a banger after banger we'll get into that in the weeb week that was i almost forgot that we have to do intros cuz i'm so excited i feel like every announcement this week was a joe announcement that is just serving me exactly what I want right now. It's your time to shine. It is my time. It is my time. And so I did it, Steve. I committed it. If it's my time, I'm going to make it my time. And you can't stop me, Steve. You know what I I'm did this I'm not going to stop you from did watching I... Naruto. You're finally getting into the superior shonen. Did I? No. Did I watch much anime this week? I'll be honest. No, I did not. But did I play a lot of Persona 5 Strikers? Yes, I did. But... I also was really bored on a train ride this week, Steve. You know what I did on that what, train ride? What'd of course, you read? What'd you read? One Piece chapter oh, one, Steve. No. See, this is where I lose I'm you. Doing this is it. where we're going to lose our podcast. I'm doing it. No, I'm doing it. I, you know, we just do a check-in every once in a while. I'm still reading Pluto as well. I'm about halfway through Pluto right now. Fantastic. Oh, my God. that's a, uh, I got to get more further into that before I can talk too much about it. But started One Piece. Felt like it was time, moving much faster. I've read the first arc over the past couple of days. You know, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good boredom read, though. So he's got Zoro. He just picked up Zoro in the crew now. We're about to go get Nami, fight Buggy for the first time. It's gonna be good stuff. So tell tell me, how are you reading it? I believe there's a shonen uh, is it is it shonen jump has like a a subscription or it's it's like pretty cheap that you can get like everything for like what five dollars a month or something i don't know i don't know man i'm i'm on readonepiece.com and it's got literally every chapter onepiece.com like they're they're not even shameless they don't care no one. It's got, they don't it's care. Got listen, every every chapter of One Piece. No it's got all of me. Let me listen. Scroll. All I ask is that you support the creator and yes. you'll be able to buy it. Uh, yes, I, I'll 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 pick some stuff up and have to and have to buy stuff for it. But readonepiece.com has all one thousand and eleven so chapters of it. So shameless. <laughs> Not even trying to disguise it at all. No, no. So no, I should support. I should re. I should absolutely buy at least you know perhaps some trades of it. Um, go to go to Kino Kino Kunya and uh, 
pick up some pick up some one piece they probably have the big trades too i mean and you know you can probably get those get that for your coffee table leave that right well there. I, I know that yeah i know that kino kunya every time i'm in there they have the like literal it's it's like a treasure chest shaped box that has straight up like 40 volumes in there it's got it like it's like 150 bucks that's how you start off a date right you bring someone over and be like what's in the chest like why don't you, why don't you open it <laughs> Like, whoa, this is one piece. Like, you damn right it is. Pick a pick a volume. We're reading, <laughs> We're reading, tonight. It, to, we're reading it together. <laughs> Where do you want to go? You want to be in Alabasta? You want to be in Water 7? Where are we going tonight, huh? Now, very important. You have to choose. Gun to your head. You got the the giant Attack on Titan one to choose or the giant One Piece uh, volume to so, choose. So One Piece is... The volume is as giant as the Attack on Titan one, yes. or it's just the or the big box. No, oh. it's, it's as big as you know, because it was it was like five feet tall or something. They put the, they put a woman like laying on the yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was straight up like five and a half to six feet yeah. tall. Now who's who who's actually going to use that height too to their advantage in One Piece? They're pretty. I mean, Oda's style. They're such long bodies. You know, like you know, I feel like most of them could. Although to be fair. Luffy's a rubber man, so <laughs> he can get those stretch. He can stretch. He can stretch up. He can stretch. He just stretches super high. I know. I know. It's funny. Hold on to the idea, rubber man, Steve. That's going to come back around later in this I episode. I cannot imagine. Why. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great. This is a great intro. This is going to be the best episode yet. Absolutely. Oh, I cannot wait to get to the wee week that was, Steve. But before we do that, we have to talk about the stuff you've been watching. What have you been watching, well, Steve? Well, I've been, uh, you know, doing my job and watching anime. So <laughs> the first thing, I am caught up on all of Zombieland Saga Season 2, and it is fantastic. Now, I just want to say, I'm putting this on here as a note because I'm not saying, oh, this is good. This is better than Season 1. I like, I'm surprised that they can continue the formula. They're starting from the end. Basically, at the end of season one, they completely bomb a concert. And they have to basically work up their cred again. And even their hype man is completely dejected over this, uh, Kotaro. And I'm also glad that they dropped, because it was hinted at, remember I talked about this, when I was afraid of season two that they were going to go try kind of go super hard into the origins of the zombies, we don't want that. The people don't want that. See, episode one, see if season two hinted at that, they completely dropped it. So great. No, we don't care. Each episode has is finishing with a musical number, which is original, probably. Fantastic. Uh, you know, and it's like almost like every single time you're watching anime and they're rolling the credits at the end. And they have a like you know music on the back end. You're like, oh, this is a great special episode. That's every episode, so that's amazing. And I just want, I mean, it's no surprise. Mamoru Miyano, just such amazing talent, and his range. I can't stress that enough. One of the best voice actors. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know really what his reception is in Japan in terms of it, but he just like yeah he. He is the best. He is the best, I would say, working right now. Just every role that he does is so distinct and so beautiful and amazing. I love him. Benny Maru. It's Fire Force Season 2. And obviously, Okabeda and Tato. He's everywhere. He was, he was in the most recent uh, season of Haikyuu. He was, he was the blonde twin that everybody was in love with. And he was phenomenal in that as well. He's so good. He's so good. Ryuji. 
light, light. He's light. I know. So great. I know. Everyone just, if you don't, if you're not sure what anime to watch, just look at his repertoire and be like, I'll pick one of these animes. It's going to be good. Oh yeah. And he was Crollo in Hunter Hunter. And he was in Hunter Hunter somewhere. Yeah. Your favorite. Yeah. (sighs) So good. So again, just props to him. He's just every scene stealing it. Great. Can definitely do, you know, really sad and dejected, super crazy and hyper, which he's mostly known for. But uh can't praise it enough. Really enjoying Zombieland Saga season two. Second thing I'm all caught up with, 86. And I have to say, I'm totally in now. At first I was a little a little wave wavering at the beginning, but Light spoilers, they keep, you know, digging in on this world. It is kind of like that Horizon Zero Dawn where they have to keep fighting the machines which have taken over basically an empire. Like, their rival basically, you know, made these, you know, war machines and the AI got too powerful and they destroyed them. And, you know, now they're fighting. Like, oh, we just gotta keep winning until they run out of batteries or whatever. Find out that... It's almost like the Matrix, where the machines, they know they're running out of batteries. They're taking people's brains because they know that's a great, you know, source of energy. I'm just thinking of the Matrix. I don't know how to do it. I'm not a scientist, but I know Neo and the crew were trying to fight to stop that. And you're starting to get a lot of psychological warfare where when a brain is taken almost the last memories are saved before that person dies and that's being projected they're using that they'd know that and they're using that warfare to go back against the the humans they're fighting so they're hearing their friends and their family literally at their last moments before they're killed and they're just blanketing those airways and i'm like that is creepy i've never seen that before pretty cool and again i've mentioned this before in the past i really like the setup where they have of our main character talking to her squadron from basically different rooms she's reporting from hq they're talking in the field and you're getting the same conversation from two different sides and two two different perspectives loving that too uh but i'm in i i was first lukewarm like "Ah, i'm not sure if i'm gonna be going with this but saying with to the end and joe i think you should really watch it i think you'd like it it sounds great. It really does sound great. Yeah, I'll have to. It sounds very interesting. I'm glad that You'll it. I'm glad that time. it turned. I'm glad that it turned that corner for you, so that it becomes something a lot cooler as the pieces come together. You can you could skip the Joran Princess of Snow and Blood. That, really? That's, you done? Yeah. You done with it? I'm done. It's a uh, great, great, great art style, but too. It's it's that same thing where we see too too often. Too fast, too much crammed in to a few episodes. I'm lost every episode. Like, did I miss something? I don't know. They keep introducing characters. Characters are going. I'm dropping it. How has I shaved and then saved a high school runaway going? That, I'm actually caught up to. That's also pretty good. I am interested to see what the reception is and also i really want to see what the latest reviews are of this episode because there is an attempted rape scene in there almost and i'm not sure if they handled it really well 
nothing happened. But, you know, it's when you get into those subjects, I mean, like, you got to be really serious and you have to, you know, really hit the moment because that's a serious thing you don't want to joke about, too. Um, not, not, but not the main character. The main character's not doing it. She meets someone in her past. You saw the first episode of, um, and almost, you know, tries to get with her, too. So I'm interested to see what the reviews are. I thought it could have been done a little bit better. I, I do like how our main character, Hirohige, kind of kicked the guy out and yelled at him and said, don't you dare ever come back and see her again. I don't like how she accepts her attacker's apology. Because he's like, oh, yeah, I was a little rough there back then. I'm sorry about that. I'm like, no, you're a piece of shit. Don't accept his apology. Turn him in and, you know... Get him fired from his job. That's disgusting. That's like the only thing I, 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 you know, I'd say. I want to see the reviews though from other people. Sure. Damn. Mm-hmm. Got a little, little, little dark there too. But listen, if they're gonna bring these types of, you know, darker, serious themes, then I'm gonna be more critical. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that I want to see. And I, I want to see more of, more of that. That's why I connected so much with Wonder Egg Priority earlier this year because it did do that, and I felt like it did that in such a, such a tasteful, beautiful manner. So if it's done in a very beautiful way that really tackles it head on and talks about it in interesting ways, then awesome. But yeah, if it's done in like a, just a shock value sort of way, then exactly. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, who cares? The last thing which I want to mention is the New York Times needs to get off our beat we're going to war. Listen, to war. Who, who, is, who is this joke of a writer? Hisaku Ueno, you're writing about the giant squid in the Noto Prefecture? That was our story. And then a little asterisk mark right here. Actually, thank you, Brian Ashcroft, for actually making this story in, in Kotaku. But we covered it first before you. New York Times went live May 6th. Thursday, May 6th. We went live Wednesday, May 5th. We beat them to the punch. Need to be, and yeah, need to be faster on the times. Get us on. We will. We'll do an episode of the daily talking about this giant <laughs> squid. Michael Barbaro, contact us, and we will do twenty a twenty minute story for the daily about this giant squid. We'll talk for forever about it. We'll we'll talk about what we would pose in front of the giant squid. What two hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of anime figures would be. You know what our plans are. Yeah, bring us on there. We'll be happy to talk about it. Now, I don't want to rehash the giant squid too much, Steve. If you want to hear more about the giant squid, <laughs> go, watch, go listen to last week's episode. This New York Times article, though, Steve, it's, this picture is a different perspective of, the, of it. And we get a little better. We get a better look at that hole. Yeah. That is definitely a hole that someone could climb inside. That is a hollow giant hole that someone could climb inside. This is, you know, the kid, when you're playing hide and seek, do you think, would you hide in the giant squid? 100%. Okay. Do you think you can actually go back into the head? I'm looking at I, that right now. Or you think I have to imagine it goes all the way back. <laughs> I can't imagine it's just like a foot in there. I want it to, yeah, I want it to be completely hollow and you can get back into the, yeah, is that the head of the squid? Where, I don't know. Is but that you, what that classifies you know, You know as? what I'm thinking of now too? That's terrible because you know what's going to happen in there? You're going to get like a wasp's nest back oh, there. The so killer much bees. nasty oh. stuff is going to, so much nasty Whose stuff. Whose job is going to clean out the squid statue? 
someone's got to do it because this is a national landmark at this point and it cost apparently about 230,000 US dollars to make so you you can't have you know this tourist attraction and then you got you know killer hornets just resting in the giant squid's head no because I'm going inside that giant squid's head <laughs> oh boy well we will keep you updated this is an ever-changing ever-growing story of the town of Noto and their giant squid but that was last week's news Steve and this week they gave it to me oh boy they gave it to me Steve first story up on the weeb week that was Yakuza Team announces Judgment sequel Lost Judgment. This comes from Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Sega's Yakuza team announced a sequel to Judgment, the 2019 action thriller starring Takayuki Yagami as a disgraced lawyer turned detective during a Judgment Day livestream on Friday. The next game in the series is called Lost Judgment and once again features Yagami on a mission of mystery surrounding a gruesome murder. Lost Judgment, Yakuza series executive director Toshihiro Nagoshi said, will expand on Yagami's story as he deals with the fallout from a guilty verdict handed down in Japanese court. According to Yagami's Japanese voice actor, Takuya Kimura, not only will the game's main character contend with a grim murder, he'll also have to go undercover at a local high school, which will allow for a variety of... <laughs> don't laugh. Don't you laugh. I love this. I love variety this. variety of storytelling elements, including comedy. Steve, how much did you look into this slash watch any of the trailers that were released? All over Twitter, people were very excited about beating up on high school students. <laughs> yeah, so during the presentation, so yes, you do have to go into this school undercover, they said, and they detailed out a lot of the mechanics that are going to be there. And yes, they did say in there that sometimes high school students will become your enemies was, a, was like a quote from the presentation. But more importantly... Steve, they're bringing everything back. You have to go undercover, and there's they said there's all these school sub-stories where you're, like, helping students with their club activities. There's dance. We saw dance minigame confirmed. It's back. Back from Yakuza 5. We have a dance rhythm minigame. We saw Yagami helping students, like, wrestle. We saw Yagami helping students with sports activities. We got it all, and it's I can't wait. Wait, so I got I got. Are you... As a 30-something detective going undercover as a high school student? I assume you're going undercover as a teacher, but there's no we, – we, we know nothing I about that I even hope a teacher because no, no, one, no one's – because I've seen his, his, his pop marks in his face because he's a hardened detective who's seen a lot of shit. He's not going to fall. He's not going to pass as a high school student. Did you watch the trailer for it, the story trailer? I did. I did. Oh, my God. It no, looks- it looks great. So freaking good. Like, I, oh my God, it looks this, blah, I can't even speak. I'm so excited. I love Judgment. I loved the first Judgment as I even, I think, ranked last week. I think it was number three, but really kind of tied with Yakuza Zero, I would say. I loved the story of Judgment. And this one seems like it's going to be even darker. It looks like we see some dude getting freaking, like, with bees crawling all over him. So. It looks like it's getting super dark. It looks like it is tackling some pretty tough themes. Like it seems like it's going to be heading into like bullying in high school and how that is, how that has sort of rippled through some of these people's lives over the years. I loved Judgment as much as I love Yakuza. 
you know, part of the charm of Yakuza is how ridiculous it gets, even in the main story, how ridiculous and over the top and very soap opera, this testosterone fueled soap opera can be. Whereas Judgment had its ridiculous moments on the sub stories. Like you're chasing down perverts, you're chasing down panty thieves, of course. It's Yakuza. Like you're you're doing that. But the main story of Judgment was like super grounded and gritty in a way that Yakuza Sometimes kind of is, but doesn't really tend towards. This was just like super straight and super well played out. It seems like this one's going to be doing the same exact thing. Oh my God, I cannot wait. You forgot also the most important uh, news piece. Walking the dog? (laughs) I mean, yes, you can walk a dog. But that judgment's going to continue the action style of this game, the beat-em-up style, while future Yakuza games on, I guess you would say, the main storyline following Ichiban will follow the RPG elements. Yes. So that was a big change into Yakuza 7 going into the turn-based style, and they've said that they have confirmed that that will go on, because up until this point, they've kind of been like, yeah, we could keep doing it, but if it doesn't work, then we can always just go back, like, whatever. But it seems like they're committing to it. I thought I liked it a lot. I thought it was a nice change of pace, and I thought it was pretty well done. There are probably some things in there that could be improved a little bit to, to make it feel a little more like a flow, a nice flow of combat um, and some tweaks in there that could happen. But I thought overall it was a re- it was really well done. And But it's nice to still have the beat-em-up because it is so... There were moments during Yakuza 7 where I was like, man, it would feel it would feel more epic if I was like having to like f- on the controller like bash these buttons to really feel like I was attacking this guy rather than being like X to attack, X select my... my my move and then select my target and go do it whereas previous titles of course you're like you're in there with with kiryu you're in there with yagami so i'm excited to get to still have an outlet for the for the action combat as well i think i would really would like to see you eventually play final fantasy 7 remake because that may be the perfect marriage of that real-time combat but also the rpg elements because you do have to do almost a a balance between the two. Maybe we'll do that for the second game. Maybe we saw that success with that. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. It's possible. It's possible. We shall see. I would assume I would assume Yakuza 8 is next year. Yakuza has kind of become this almost annualized game at this point, but they just have it down to a science where every time every game has just gotten better, I would say. And Yakuza 7, as I said last week, was was no exception. I felt like that was the height. And man, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited to go back and be with Yakami. I love those characters so much. We saw some characters coming back that I almost wouldn't expect to come back. There were some characters in the first game whose storylines and arcs were very intimately tied in with the case of the first game. And they were there in the, in the second trailer. Um... Some of Yagami's like crew are, are there in the second trailer. And I was like, oh, I liked you a lot. I'm so glad that you're back and not just like going to disappear because we're on to a different case that doesn't involve you as much, perhaps. But we shall see. I got to I just have to continue my timeline where I'll be finished. Got to start up Yakuza 0, then go to Kiwami 2 and then Judgment. Then maybe Judgment 2 by then, because I would assume really doesn't have anything really connected with the main series i know there are some there are some throat there's some nods although we didn't talk we didn't talk well we didn't talk of course they did announce yeah judgment one doesn't really i can't think of any characters that cross over 
You deal a lot with the Tojo clan, of course, but nobody that you know from the Yakuza series. But a big part of Lost Judgment is going to take place in Yokohama, which is where Yakuza 7 took place. So it's interesting that they are taking us there yet again. I wonder if we'll see anyone. I feel like Yagami is so much more of the streets, just like Ichiban is. Like there, These are guys that pound the pavement, whereas Kiryu kind of moves... He always moved a little bit more in the upper echelons of the Tojo clan and the Yakuza world. These guys are very much sort of, you know, bottom of the barrel. I mean, Yagami's not even in the Yakuza. But it'll be interesting to see, yeah, if anything kind of crosses over from that. I almost would have, I would have expected them to, to leave this one in Kamurocho again. But we're going to Yokohama. Maybe they're trying to really push us in that direction for future We'll titles. have to visit Yokohama when we go back to Japan. I have to now. Yeah, I have to now. And it was great. I loved that city in Yakuza 7. That was a really, really well done, really well done city. It's close to Tokyo. It's not going to be that far out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like what, like 30-minute yeah. like suburb kind of place. Mm-hmm. Next story, we have also a big announcement. Toei announced new Dragon Ball Super Anime film for 2022. Toei Animation officially confirmed on Sunday that is developing a second anime film in the Dragon Ball Super franchise and is playing for 2022. And the original creator, Akira Toriyama, is in charge of the screenplay and the character design. Uh, Toriyama shared a message to his fans, quote, an all-new movie since Dragon Ball Super Broly is currently in the making, just like the previous movie. I'm heavily leading the story and dialogue production for another amazing film. I really shouldn't talk about it much about the plot yet, but be prepared for some extreme and entertaining bouts, which may feature an unexpected character. We'll be charting through some unexplored territory in terms of visual aesthetics to give the audience an amazing ride. So I hope everyone will look forward to the new movie. It began in planning phases in 2018 and the film has a goal of telling a, quote, large-scale story. And also, this is the 21st anime film in the Dragon Ball franchise. Something I did. I mean, I knew there was a lot of movies, but I never actually put a number on it. So I was like, 21? Damn. But there we go. I mean, not surprising. Another Dragon Ball movie, Broly, very well received. Did very well at the box office. Was actually heavily advertised in New York City. I do remember those billboards. And I'm like, I wonder if anyone in New York City even really knows about Dragon Ball Super. But, you know, who who am I to say? This is a town full of weebs. Joe, are we going to be there? I would say so. I, you know, I would I would describe myself as a lapsed Dragon Ball fan. Of course, like, grew up on Dragon Ball, loved Dragon Ball Z, loved watching that on Toonami every, every day, you know? So, certainly, I was a big Dragon Ball fan at some point. Definitely stepped away, kind of, you know, grew out of it, as perhaps a lot of people did. Uh, never really messed around with Super very much, but I did see Dragon Ball Super Broly in theaters in New York City, Steve, so, you know, somebody did. And... Wow! Okay. Yeah, Fight I saw it in right theaters. There. I saw it in theaters, Steve. I think I was allowed to AMC A list that one, if memory serves. Didn't let us do. Didn't let us do Demon Slayer. You can do it now. Us, you can do it now. I, do. I've been on. Really? I've been on Reddit. Yeah, for whatever reason, at the beginning, you had to pay full price. Punks, those punks. They got man. the money out of us. Damn it! We should have waited, but we can't because we had to bring you the review. So I, I, yeah, I would say as a lapsed 
Dragon Ball fan, I loved Broly. I thought it was awesome. I really had a really fun time with that movie, and I just thought it was really well done. And really, it just reminded me how Dragon Ball is awesome. As memeable as Dragon Ball has perhaps sort of become, it, it's popular because it's freaking awesome and it freaking rocks. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch more. You know, not that I've ever gone back and and watched the series proper, but more like self-contained movies that just give me a blast of that Dragon Ball experience. Yes. Yes, please give that to me. I'm putting this on the podcast right now. When we finish all of fate, we should do Dragon Ball. There is enough. There's enough of that series and movies for us to watch that. Maybe out of, I don't know. That's dangerous. We know, we know, you know, we know the context. I've seen all of the Cell Saga. Sure. I've seen him fight Me too. Frieza. Me too. So, I mean, I don't have I watched GT? No, but I also hear GT isn't the best in the world. For context, 14 One Piece movies, 11 Naruto movies. Is this is this so is Dragon this a dick waving dra- contest right here? About so, <laughs> I'm just I was I'm just putting that up for context in terms of, you know, like the none of the them matter. biggest ones and it's like Twenty one. None of those Dragon Naruto Nar- none of those Naruto movies matter matter. I'll tell you that right now. Listen, I've seen a bunch of them. I can't remember a damn thing. Same thing probably with One Piece. I don't mean to deject that, but I'm sure like you said before. No, I think I think they you know, I think they mostly follow I think most of most Dragon Ball movies as well. I think for the longest time Broly wasn't canon because he was only in the movies. I think Dragon Ball Super Broly made him canon. I, I, I think for the longest time, though, he, he just existed in movies and had never been in the manga or the TV show. And so he wasn't considered canon. But that has since changed. I'm here for the spectacle. Joe. Exactly. Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> dude, the, the fight between Broly, Goku and Vegeta is was like the cra- one of the craziest, most epic fights I've ever seen on the big screen. Until you saw... Till I saw Rengoku. Till I saw my boy Rengoku. Jeez. Take me back. Take me back. Maybe I'll see it again now. Now you that you can A-list it, I'll see it again. See it, like the, see it like the normies, not in Dolby Vision. See it in English. Compare and contrast. Oh, yeah. I would actually would like to see yeah, it in that'd English. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. Joe, take us home. What's the last story we got on the docket? And then we come back out of Dragon Ball, which I still am excited about, but... Another story is announced today as of recording, Monday, May 10th. We have ourselves a new manga officially launched from Sui Ishida, the creator of Tokyo Ghoul. Calling all Tokyo Ghoul fans. This comes from Diana Nguyen at Funimation. Calling all Tokyo Ghoul fans, mangaka Sui Ushida has announced on Twitter that his newest manga series titled Shoujin X has officially been serialized. The series was originally announced in November of last year. Ishida shared an image that offered a sneak peek of the characters and the grim, dark tone of the story. There was no official release date at the time of the announcement, but after months of waiting, fans can now read the first chapter of Shoujin X on Manga Plus and Shoujin Jump. Shoujin X will have an irregular release schedule as Ishida will be working on chapters at his own pace. According to Viz's summary, the series is about becoming a monster to fight one. I read it, Steve. I read the first chapter. You did read the first chapter. I read it. Yeah, I, I had a you know I had a brief break today between between some work, and uh, I was like, you know what? 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this first chapter and see what's up and, and form my own opinion. It's pretty cool. It's a first chapter, so certainly like you know, it gives you perhaps broad strokes of what's going to happen, but certainly hard to tell kind of where it's going. But I thought it was cool. Ishida's art style is so good, so gorgeous. His art style is so, so cool. I loved it. I loved it from what I've seen. I haven't read all of Tokyo Ghoul, but of course I am a Tokyo Ghoul devotee. But love what I've seen of his art on that, and his art is so good here as well. I really, really like his art style. It seems cool. It's a world where there are these people called Chojin who have these powers and are essentially using them for evil. We just hear them, you know, not that we've gotten deep into the world yet, but every mention we get of them in the first chapter, they're described as monsters and they're described as bad people and they're described as like, people are like, why wouldn't they use their powers for something good? So it almost has sort of a The Boys. I don't know if you know The Boys very well. Oh, I do. Yeah, so it almost has that style where it seems like it's like superheroes using their powers for, for evil rather than good, essentially. But... There was a rubber man. Here it comes. This is I was waiting for the plug. Tell me about the rubber man. So there so there was a character who essentially I guess you get your powers from taking a shot cuz that's kind you of your, you, you eat the fruit, you you get rubber powers, you take a shot, you get rubber powers. <laughs> yeah, it seems like these powers come from shots, um from injections. Some guy shows up and offers this dude an injection and he takes it and he's like sort of the bad guy of the first chapter. And yeah, he shows up to fight our two heroes that we've been following thus far in the story and he fights them and they've like whooped his ass earlier in the story. So this is him like coming back for revenge. He's got these powers now and he's like, I'm going to I'm going to get them for real. And yeah, he punches them and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. And then he's like, he gets kicked in the face by our hero and he's like haha you thought that would work and his neck just starts elongating <laughs> and his and he's just like all rubber from there on out and he's just like flinging his flinging his arms around his rubber stretching him out going crazy and i was like steve's gonna hate this but i love that there's a rubber man in this damn manga. when are they gonna try and use electricity powers on him and this is gonna be foiled well he got his he had see me he seemingly got pretty rocked by the end of that first chapter it's cool. I, I recommend it. Again, it's hard to say based off a of first chapter. I'm intrigued. I may actually try to stick with this on sort of an as-it-comes-out basis. I've never really read a manga as it was coming out. I've really only read ones that are done. So, And the fact that this one is a little more irregularly paced, it seems like Ishida's just kind of going as he wants. So it seems like it'd be just a nice one to pop in on every once in a while. Love Tokyo Ghoul it has that same dark tone within the first few pages of this one of the guys has a firepower and literally is on a plane and just like eviscerates all of the passengers on this plane with his firepowers. You just see faces melting and it's it's horrifying. Joe, you know I've seen Tokyo Ghoul. I actually watched a lot cuz I believe we had like a watch marathon here at the apartment. Not sure if it's for me. Probably not. I know that you're not like a, you know, typically a big gore kind of person or horror kind of person. True. And Tokyo Ghoul definitely leans in on that. I I love it. I, I think, you know, that it makes, I mean, I love the characters of Tokyo Ghoul so much. And I think that Chojin X is going to do a lot of what Tokyo Ghoul did as well and make that gore 
beautiful, which is what Tokyo Ghoul did so well, is turning that gore into art. And Ishida's beautiful art style plays into that so much. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Those are just my initial thoughts on it. Honestly, if you're curious about it, I would just say give it a read. You know, it was um, it's free currently on Shonen Jump's website. I think they're offer. I don't know if going forward it's going to be that you have to pay for it, but I know that the first chapter is up for free because that's how I read it. So yeah, get on get on Shonen Jump or Viz and just check out the first chapter. It took me like you know 20 minutes to read probably. So give it a shot and and see what you think. I hope more are like that too. Give it the previews. We missed demos of video games. Give us the demos and the free chapters of manga. Yeah. yeah. Get people in. So I'm excited about so many things in the on the horizon in the future coming up. But you want to talk about the past, Steve. Yeah. So I was thinking for topic of this show, we've actually mentioned this on the website. I wish we had a website. I was looking through our favorite uh, anime website, Annie List, and we've mentioned on the podcast about looking in the past for what we were watching and maybe even ranking eventually what we think was the best year of anime in the past. That's a segment for later. But with that, I wanted to start a first installment of just going back in time, living our lives of, you know, what Joe and Steve were watching in 1999. It's the first one I have. And for reference, I put down 1998 too. More on that later. But... What do you think? When did you first start watching anime, Joe? Take a guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be perfectly honest. 1999 was probably not a big year for me in terms of anime. I think anything that a lot of things that would have come out are things that I've perhaps gone back and watched, but probably wasn't watching concurrently and contemporary contemporaneously with that year, except for two notable exceptions that we'll get into. I want to say anime for me started, I vividly remember being in elementary school and someone bringing a Pokemon VHS. And for whatever reason, the teacher was going to let them show us the Pokemon VHS. And I be- I remember What it episode was... was it? Was it Bye Bye Butterfree? <sighs> no, no. I remember... They're in a, this could literally be any episode, okay. but I remember them being in a Pokemon Center. I remember them being in like a Nurse Joy Hospital Pokemon Center fighting Team Rocket, and I loved coughing. I thought coughing was awesome. They were, they were inside a Pokemon Center fighting Team Rocket. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so we got to see them all. Got to see Pikachu, got to see coughing, got to see Ekans, and I was like, coughing looks pretty dope. And that was my first intro to Pokemon, and I believe that was my first episode of anime ever. So I want to say that must have been, you know, 97, 98. I want to say I was, like, probably six or seven years old, so. Wow, that makes me older. I think I was I was definitely <laughs> watching anime during that uh, time. I was watching new episodes of Inuyasha and... Yeah, yeah, new episodes of Inuyasha at that time, and when I first started, so when did Inuyasha come out? Let me quickly look that up, Inuyasha, because I remember always the new previews, but of course this was on Toonami, everyone's favorite. Yeah, I remember watching Inuyasha, and must have been the early to mid 
thousands. That's when I would have really picked up steam. I really remember watching a lot of. Like, oh wow, that's two thousand four. Wow, I think yeah. that was older. So what was? Oh, that must have been. Con- it's probably new episodes to Toonami because I remember definitely watching a lot of anime in the mid. 90s and back then that was probably just Sailor Sailor Moon and Carcaptor Sakura. Well, we'll talk about that. I'm intrigued to hear your thought process here because you're like, what were we watching in 1999? And you put 1998 as a reference, Steve. And we can stick with 1999. 1998 was a banger year, Steve. We've got, if we're looking at the highest rated stuff for 1998, Cowboy Bebop, Serial Experiments Lane, Perfect Blue, Trigun, Cardcaptor Sakura, the first stage of Initial D, the <laughs> kind of the beginning of Yu-Gi-Oh, it looks like, and Bubblegum Crisis. Outlaw Star. And too. Outlaw also Star. Pop. Yeah. What a banger year. Why didn't we why aren't we talking about 1998, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> because I watched more in See the re- the way I put this down is what did I actually start and watch? I and definitely stuff in 1998, I kind of feel like I saw later, if that makes sense. Uh, apart from Car Captor Sakura, which I definitely watched um, as it was airing, because that was the only thing on in the morning before I, you know, little Steven went to middle school or high school. That was uh, on there with uh, Sailor Moon as well. And coming back home. Definitely Trigon was definitely on there, and Cowboy Bebop, I was probably on Adult Swim. That was definitely a late night show. Yeah, these are all things that I definitely watched way, 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 way after the fact. So, you're right, yeah, but in 1999... Do oh, you want to kick list. things off? You have, you have more to talk about than I oh, yeah. do, but... Where where to begin then? Where what were you watching in 1999, Steve? Okay, 1999 was the year that Steve blossomed definitely into anime and definitely got sucked into this world. So I'm talking on this list, Pokemon the movie 2000, probably the first movie that a lot of people have seen in terms of the Pokemon franchise. Uh, I just remember all my friends. I think so. Not the first movie. I think by the second one let me see is this pokemon the movie 2000 looking up really quick that's the one with like lugia yeah i feel like that one pokemon the movie 2000 i think that's when it really hit its stride and got more uh people because i believe this also had yeah pikachu's rescue adventure in the beginning and i think this also introduced mm, yes yes yeah. no i'm not no obviously the first movie totally popular i think this one Definitely put Pokemon on the map as like a huge force to contend with. And I believe also this was the first movie, if I remember the beginning, that some new Pokemon were introduced and people were craving for new Pokemon other than Togepi. I remember Ash at the very beginning where there's like having the credits is fighting, I think like an evolved form of Rhydon or something. And people were like, what is this weird Pokemon? How come this thing's not named? This is the first time we've ever seen this creature, and just putting this in a in a title screen right here. I don't know, but I remember Pikachu's Rescue Adventure in the beginning, and this movie also is where oh, is this the one with the talking Slowking? Yeah, and I, <laughs> oh yeah, you remember him? Oh, of course, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Captain, the three legendary birds. I, I think this one really put Pokemon on the map. That's that's my opinion. I know the first movie everyone's really attached to, but 
this one just had a huge force. So I'm watching Pokemon the movie 2000. I you know I have my bit my my stupid ash cap. I'm, I'm doing tournaments at the local. Yeah, you are. Card shop. Oh yeah. Well, how how many badges did you have? Oh man, this is a good question. I mean, I might still have them. Uh, I definitely had I definitely had a few, and I and I definitely did do a lot of the strategies because, you know, when you're actually doing Pokemon for Pokemon cards for a competitive, you're not going with the powerful Pokemon in terms of like you, know, you got your Blastoise, Charizard. You start listen, guys. Match is not going to last that long. You're not going to find those cards in your deck. Match is going to be over by then. You got to get your your starters out pretty quick. Get those six prize cards really fast. Go some quick attack. You know, one energy, two energy attacks. You're not wasting your time on. Oh, I need four energies for this attack at a sixty damage. I have to remove two energies afterwards. Wasting your time. Match is over then. You're dead. You're dust. So I'm watching Pokemon Movie 2000. Got my rare Mew card there too. I'm watching Big O. Have you watched Big O? I have o? no idea what this is. Wow, I think you would. I think you would like. It is. Whoo! How to describe Big O? So it's a. It, it takes place in a in a, a town or world that has amnesia city that no one remembers how they got there. You do have almost a very. Batman-esque character where our main character, Roger Smith, strong name, Roger Smith or an enemy, <laughs> and uh, Dorothy um, Wainwright, his android uh, maid, uh, they essentially fight other mechs uh, that come to the city. This is all a mystery. And he, you know is you know plays as a you know billionaire oh, it's very similar to like batman calls in his giant mech and and at the end and uh, throughout the entire time is trying to solve the mystery of what happened 40 years ago where everyone lost amnesia great art style memorable characters again if you like batman the animated series you probably would like this show this looks great i'm looking at the wikipedia right now very, very, very noir. Very noir. Yeah, it's being it's being described. Yes, it's being described as being very noir. Is inspired by like the Big Sleep. It says Roger Smith was developed in the mold of Philip Marlowe or Sam Spade. So yeah, it seems like it's very hard boiled. That sounds awesome. With mech battles, that sounds awesome. I'm looking at the cast list right now. Roger Smith. Who do you think? It's late '90s. Roger Smith is a super hard-boiled noir protagonist. Who do you think voices Roger Smith in English? Oh, I mean, I know Steve Blum. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I would. Great. I would watch the hell out of this show. Perfect. It's, and it's thirteen episodes. Thirteen episodes. Pretty quick. I wonder where you can watch this because I've never like seen this places. You know, so I, I am not ironically rec- uh, re- recommending this. I would say you would like this show. And it's quick, 13 episodes, and it's done. Oh, this sounds awesome. This sounds fantastic. I'm looking at Crunchyroll right now, see if it's on. You can watch Big O. Watch some Big O. Look like Great theme song, too, like where they're just it. screaming out the name of the show, Big O. That's the only lyric of the show. <laughs> it was the 90s, man. It was the 90s. You got exactly what you wanted. So, while you look that up, what else, what else is Steve watching? I'm watching Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. I don't... I'm. 
still never I'm seen gonna, that. I'm going to tell you right now, I have watched it. I don't remember a damn thing. I'm keeping it real. It's been a long time, friends. It's one of those shows. I mean, it's one of those shows people put on a people put on a pedestal, though, because you know who I I'm almost surprised. Do you think you liked this show? Do you remember liking this show? I wonder if it's more like I had nothing else to watch. And I'm like, I've heard this was good. I kind of like Sailor Moon. Let me go with this show. I think it's like an early, early-ish deconstruction-ish of that oh, genre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's the the same guy who did that more recently was the person who created Sarah's and Mine. This was, of course, very beautiful, too. I, I've seen Princess Tutu as well, and which is kind of in that same type of, uh, I don't know, genre. Um, and yeah, I, I've never gone back to seeing it. I would like to see how it looks right now, <laughs> to be honest. If I, you know, I've seen the, I've seen the transformation yep. scene. That's all I've seen of, of Udna. It's, it's cool. It's certainly like if, and it's super nineties and honestly, that's my jam right there. Love, love that like really sort of like crunchy art style of the '90s, and just like the over-the-top music playing behind it. Like I, I, I would it's watch. It's a lot. I would it's watch a lot of episodes, man. I yeah, it's it's. Is it? Like yeah, episodes, I thought it was short. It? Oh yeah, yeah. 30, like 39 look, episodes. 30, 39 episodes. 39. That's a that's a long haul. With that too, we already talked about Car Captor Sakura. Watched a lot of that. I've talked about Samurai X. I actually debuted this time. This year, uh, that year. So I remember definitely downloading that on like Kazaa. Oh, yeah. So you were early on with Kenshin. You were Loved like so right much. there on the on the Loved cusp it so of much. it. Uh, the other ones I have, which really were a throwback as soon as I said. So I'm going to start off with actually this one down here. Now and then, here and there. Have you heard of this show? No. Tell me more. It has, it has been known to be like a great staple of what it means to be anime. It is essentially an anime that takes place post-apocalyptic-ish where you have two people trying to make their way through a war-torn world. It does talk about, you know, t- torture, genocide, exploitation, that type of stuff. And definitely some serious things. Definitely like very Lord of the Flies-ish. Or great, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. And... Oof. Yeah, yeah. Oof. I I don't. I I definitely heard about this. Sh- I probably was reading online, and you know, back in the '90s, early 2000s, when you're typing in anime, you don't know what you're gonna get in there. So I'm like, now and then, here and there, these two characters are just fighting in a post-apocalyptic world. Sure, why not? I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh man, this is real dark. And I can guarantee for all of these shows, I I had to at least use Kaza or something. To yeah, you did. Watch. Yes, well, you did. Listen, Toonami's not showing now and then here. No, and there. I'll tell you no, that right no, now. No, back in the day, we were at our own devices. People don't understand. People don't understand. And you probably have it even even worse than I did with a few years on me. But yeah, people didn't do not understand how little we were able to find. If it wasn't like Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z. We weren't getting it unless we like found it through like the Cedars on Kazaa. <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite story, especially with Cedars Kazaa. This is going back. Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm watching. No, no. So this is. The- I am watching it. I have to download them illegally. That's the only way I'm going to get them. The first, I'd say, twelve episodes, easy to find. Plenty of Cedars. 
as you keep going <laughs> up the list, it gets harder and harder. And I don't know why. I'm like, episode 20. Is there even an episode 20 of Evangelion? I don't know. So I'm trying to find it. There's like one seater out there. And I'm like, all right, in four weeks, I'm going to be able to watch this show. I'm getting, you know, my getting, you know, 20 kilobytes down, just trying to get trying to see what this show is going to be how is it going to end because i really after was it the the geometry episode the geometry uh figure uh one it starts as you get more existential less people start seeding it that's yes. what i want to yeah. say when cowrie shows up no cedars. Yeah. no cedars <laughs> no no cedars for that cowards You're like what the hell is going on not enough piano the last ones i have here Infinite Revias again. You're probably like Steve. What the wow. what the fuck yeah. is this show? That's what I love it. Though. I love that it was the Wild West. I love that you just had to take what you got, man. And Infinite Revias has has to be a show. Like I've heard of Utna. Big O does seem like it has sort of a place in anime history. I'm gonna look up Infinite Revias <laughs> right now, but nothing nothing against Infinite Revias. I bet this is like a lost to time. This show. this is essentially the Lord of the Flies in space. That's all it is. And I remember doing a book report on this show yes, because I didn't want. About, I'm like I'm gonna do an anime and say like, listen. It's just like this book, except it has a robot girl. <laughs> in it. Uh, I, re- I as soon as I saw, it, I was like, "Oh, I gotta talk about this show that I did see." I do not <laughs> recommend it this at all. Uh, I'm sure it was. You know, I'm looking at the ratings right now, and this is a perfect swimming in sevens show. Basically, Lord of the Flies, space bunch of kids. But for 1999, <laughs> that's like a bunch of kids lost uh get basically trapped on a spaceship and they have to survive and make their own society i know it sounds very cliche there was an anime made by it made for it and i watched it because little steven didn't want to read write a book report on charles dickens he wanted to write about anime how'd your teacher take that i think i got a b on it (laughs) (laughs) don't I will say, I might have to look up at least a little bit of Infinite Revias because it says the series is also noted for its music, a blend of Western. Steve R&B did not give a shit about that. I'll tell you J-pop that right now. Vocals. I do not. That sounds dope. I, and as we talked about last week, anytime hip hop's an anime, I'm here for it. I don't remember anything. It's interesting how we've come, Steve. How far we've come. You're out there, 1999. <laughs> You're watching some pretty mature stuff. We got Kenshin. Yeah. Kenshin gets pretty dark. Especially Big Trust o and Betrayal. Sounds like it's got some pretty Yeah. Yeah. Big O's got some seems like mm-hmm. it's got some pretty mature themes. Even Udna has some pretty mature themes. Sounds yeah. like now and then here and there definitely does. So it's interesting that you got all your like heavy gore stuff out of the way when you were a child. Because me. I was just watching Pokemon and Digimon all day in 1999. That's what I was looking at. Because if you notice 1999, Digimon Adventure, the oh, first yeah. season of Digimon premieres. You better believe I was watching Digimon Adventure in 1999. I was waking up every Saturday morning watching Digimon Adventure. 
loved that. And I will go so far to say, Steve, I'm going to put my, my, my rep on the line right now. Digimon is the superior monster animated Pokemon. I guess if you like garbage, sure. <sighs> Have you ever watched Digimon? No. Uh, <laughs> no, because I'm... I was committed. I had a one-track mind. I'm keeping my eye on the ball. I'm sticking with Ash Ketchum so he can become that master. Digimon was all, is, I will always hold as a better anime. Pokemon, probably the better just all-around property. More memorable monsters, of course. Better games, of course. But Digimon Adventure, especially the first three seasons, I would say, of Digimon, are so dope. So good. I have nothing to say about that. I haven't seen any Digimon. Still on now. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing all the Digimon Try stuff, which, again, I would say I'm a lapsed Digimon fan. I'd also probably say I'm a lapsed Pokemon fan at this point. So, you know, what does my opinion mean? Have you actually, speaking of Pokemon, wait, have you actually seen the... The red and blue animation, like the original with Ash. No, no, no. Recent, recent stuff. It's very good. No, it's Pokemon a little bit more. Tra- I'll have to show. They did. Uh, let me let, uh, let me let me pull it up. I know I'm getting the name wrong. It's like some new a Pokemon Origins. Pork. That's it. It is Pokemon Origins, and the characters are just red and blue. It's that's what you know the, the original character names. Pokemon Origins. You should watch that. That's actually good. It's it's Four recent. Oh yeah, they're short. It's like an OVA essentially. But like, what if basically Pokemon was rated teen, like a little bit higher up there? It's great, especially with Giovanni in there with Mewtwo actually like crushing sure, people. It's great. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. What else you watching? What else you watching? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's that was probably it. I think it's a little too early for me to have gotten into because again, I I looked it up. I was like, when do I really, really remember starting to really like watch anime consistently? And that of course takes me to the Fox Box, which I've talked about before. Ultimate Muscle Shaman King <laughs> fighting yeah. Fudons. And I was every Saturday morning flipping back and forth because Foxbox didn't have Yu-Gi-Oh, but WB Kids had Yu-Gi-Oh. So I would constantly be flipping over to Yu-Gi-Oh. I was trying to time those commercial breaks out because there were shows happening at the same time that I wanted to watch. So that was 2002. So that's, I think, when anime really started for me. Although, again, I was watching Pokemon and Digimon way back in the day. So instead, I went to some things that caught my eye as I scrolled through the 1999 list. Now, yeah. I don't think you've seen this because it's not on your list, but I have heard of this show before, and I have always heard of it described very positively. People have a very positive reputation for this show, but then I read the description of it, and I was like, huh, this is not what I would have expected from a show that people like hold in high regard, because it sounds a little... a little... 1999 was a different time, sort of, sort of like how you would describe it great teacher onizuka i've heard of it a lot i know do you know much about it uh no other than i believe there is a lot of live action oh with this and which i've actually have have known about it primarily let me read you this description steve yeah and then we're gonna watch this show (laughs) Onizuka is a reformed biker gang leader who has his sights set on an honorable new ambition to become the world's greatest teacher, dot, 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 for the purpose of meeting sexy high school girls. 
Okay, so he's mostly reformed. However, strict administrators in a class of ruthless delinquents stand between Onizuka and his goal, and they will use any means, however illegal or low, to drive the new teacher away. Perfect, because Onizuka's methods won't be found in any teaching manual. He cares about the difference between he cares about the difference between legal and illegal activities about as much as he cares for the age difference between himself and a high school girl. It's a, a, another time. I don't think that would fly now. Well, actually, so, no, it does fly now. But honestly, I'll, yeah, we're watching two two shows right now about adult men with high school girls so who knows dude so get ready for math that doesn't add up language you'd be slapped for using in biology that would make a grown man blush unless of course you're the great teacher onizuka what a great also that was right from the back of the dvd box <laughs> love love that description and i just like he's gonna become a teacher and like like it's like it's just so easy you just walk in be like yeah sure here i'm a and teacher he's high on school. the cu- on the cover of this box, he's still got, like, bleach blonde hair. He's got piercings all over. He's smoking a cigarette. It's like no school in Japan would allow this guy to come in. He no. would be immediately run out of the building. Exactly. But, you know, that's not what shows are made out of. Of course they'll find a way in. Takes out his piercings, puts on a wig, only wears long sleeve shirts. I don't know, stuff like that. Anyway, I might <laughs> I've always heard about this show, and now that I know that it's that crazy... Oh, here we go. Interesting wrinkle here from the Wikipedia article I just looked up. He's also a virgin, so... So don't waste... Don't... Oh, my God. So he's going back to... He's going to teach high school girls so he can oh deal I, with I that, I guess. <laughs> what is he do? <laughs> Japan, what are you doing? So anyway, I... You've heard... You've seen, so that was on... Might have to investigate this show a little bit more. That sounds a little... That sounds pretty dumpster fiery to me, but people say that I've heard it. I've heard it a lot, yeah. But let's go to the main course. You're watching Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. The OG Hunter, Hunter. I wasn't watching it back then, certainly not. This was, again, just me catching catching my eye. This is fine. Like, I don't know exactly when I saw I know I saw Infinite Revised very shortly after it came out, but... I don't know exactly if it's 1999. So I'm in the same vein. Like my list was definitely stuff I've like, oh yeah, I definitely saw this early in the 1999, 2000, 2001 period. Well, so this, I've never seen this. This is the original Hunter Hunter. There was an, there's a Hunter Hunter anime from 1999. Then the one that people really hold in a high regard is the Madhouse one from 2011. So this is a different Hunter Hunter show and it doesn't actually get through everything it doesn't well i don't think first of all everything didn't exist when it was back then i don't think he'd even finished the chimera ant arc when this was going on i'm pretty sure it gets up to like halfway through yeah it gets halfway through the york new city arc and just ends and just stops yeah right here it looks like there was a an ova a sequel really quick yeah 24 minutes eight episodes and then that's probably finishes it it's not held in high regard but certainly a place in a place in history for sure the fact that we we had this this original hunter hunter show that was tackling some pretty crazy stuff in the 90s and then we of course then have the masterpiece that is the madhouse adaptation come many many years later but always always interesting to think i always kind of forget that hunter hunter is such an old show like hunter hunter has been around as long as One Piece. 
they they both have their legacies. They both they both have their legacies. Indeed, they do. Which one's gonna finish first? Oh, probably One Piece. <laughs> I think he said, I think Oda said he's like 92% of the way through this. How do you say you're 92%? (laughs) How do you, I mean, like what, like 90, what's the difference between 92 and 93? Is it a few sentences? He's got it down to the issue. He knows exactly what issue is, is coming on. Ah, I'm looking at this one piece poster right now in 1999. Nami with long hair. A long time ago. No, that's the new. That's new. Nami. Oh, so is that new, 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 She starts new with okay. shorter hair, and then after the time jump, she has longer hair. Got it. Got it. That longer hair looks good. What other? You got a few other shows on this list. You got Initial D. Another show I've always been curious about. Have you watched any of Initial D? No, I haven't. I would watch it. It Again, it's so memeable, of course. You've got so many great songs from Initial D. It seems ridiculous and it seems fun. I've I've thought about going back to it. I might have to revisit some 90s anime because I don't know. I was also blown away. This is just me looking at the things I could have seen if I was a little bit older at the time. There was a Power Stone anime in 1999. There was a yeah. Wild There was a Wild Arms anime in 1999. I had what? no clue. No, this is news what? to me too. I know. So for people uninitiated, Power Stone, amazing fighting game on the Dreamcast. Loved that game. What is going on in this anime? Wild Arms, an RPG series that was on the original PlayStation. Again, fantastic game. Love it. What's going on in the Wild Arms series? Sounds great. I'm just look. I'm just looking at these reviews too. Looks like it's sixes and sevens for Power Stone or for Wild Arms. For Wild Arms, I can't imagine it's great. I'll be honest. No, but Wild Arms the games are very good. Yeah, and yeah, I might have to. I might have to swear off modern anime to even just start watching '90s anime. Great, t- great teacher. I, I mean, start off with Big O. Big O sounds fantastic. Here and there, there and now. Here, now and then, here and there also sounds really, really good. So, I also put this on here, Steve. I, I was curious because Annie List, of course, well, not of course, but Annie List ranks in terms of sort of what is rated the highest in quality. Yes, so I, right. I was curious and scrolled down to the bottom to the lowest in quality with a, where's a percentage? Can I get a percentage here? Can I get a percentage here? They're not getting, you're not giving it to me? All right, whatever. Anyway, click on that link, Steve. I'm looking at right now and two things immediately come off. So first I'm going to say what this is. Uh, Shota no Sushi Kokoro ni so this is about a young boy who dreams of being a sushi chef just like his father. The anime steps away from the competitive nature of the manga and focuses on self-sufficiency and policy issues <laughs> I love it. of agriculture, forestry, fisheries. And tra- I like how it, 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 it steps away from the competitive nature. So it's like, get rid of that competitive stuff. What the people want is some, you know, uh, the trying to get policies out of subcommittees out of the Japanese diet. That's what the people want. Well, yeah, it says here that it was is made to educate the population because it was funded by the Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries. So they're literally just like trying to. It's they turned Shota no Sushi into propaganda for. The policy issues of the of the forestry and agriculture department. First thing, first thing, first off, this came out on my birthday. 
Oh, there you go. Uh, and also, look at the bottom stats distribution. There are seven people planning to watch this. <laughs> Three drops. There's only one episode. How do you drop? <laughs> it's a 54 minute. You know what, Steve? I think we should put this in the wheel of fate as like a just a one-off thing where it's like it's it'd be like with russian roulette that's the one that's the stinker you know where it's like we're rolling all these fade episodes and then one day we're gonna have to watch shota no sushi but like you know you you say that now but then if we roll it it's my job to find this i'm sure we can find it somewhere studio comet studio comet did this what else is studio comet doing don't don't tempt fate we won't be able to find this Maybe a trailer that's got like black and white with lines going to get the you know, the C, 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 CRT lines going through. Yeah, there's Shota no Sushi. What else has got? It doesn't seem like they've put out anything since. <laughs> oh, we got 2016. Cute High Earth Defense Club. 2016. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I've heard of that before. Nothing else is really. Oh, they did Initial D. <laughs> Me, it's like ten, it's got a one out of ten. No tactic. We could we could be the first person to write a review too. I know we could we could really bring back some some good reviews here. Who, buddy? Who, buddy? Well, that was nineteen ninety nine. An interesting year. A year where again I haven't. I don't think I've watched perhaps super much, but there are some things in there that I would probably watch now. But I think. The the mid thousands is my time to shine. We'll pick a mid thousands one. Hold, see what's happening on there a, too. Hold on a oh, well, what are you what are you digging up over there? Pet shop of horrors. I'm sure that was the anime. Is this Madhouse? Is this Madhouse? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Pet shop of horrors. Count D, a quite interesting pet shop owner from an area called Chinatown, sells rare and hard to come by pets to people looking for something special. But with each sale comes a contract. If the rules of the contract are followed, everything goes fine. But if someone should break the rules of the contract, the pet shop cannot be held responsible for anything unfortunate that might happen. Leon Orcott, a homicide detective, has linked many odd and unexplainable deaths together. They all were customers of Count D's pet shop. And he intends to find out why. You gonna watch it? Huh. Four episodes. Again, these are all... It's like, how are we gonna find these things, you know? That's the thing. I don't know, man. That's why I'm not putting up our our sushi thing in there. (laughs) I bet it's on YouTube. Uh, You know who probably would run on that? Remember that politician in japan running as the joker he'd he'd bring this up he'd bring it up (laughs) like we got to get all these shows remastered and put out to people put them back out should we talk about the wheel of fate though steve we had some wheel of fate homework and if you're not familiar with this segment listeners the wheel of fate is our reoccurring segment on the fate fate stay night series fate series in general where we've been told that there's been no good place to start Fate, so we've taken that way too literally and been watching all of Fate out of order. For me, for the first time, every single episode is the first time I've ever seen it. And this week, we got some Fate Apocrypha. We had the finale, essentially, of Fate Apocrypha. We had the second second to last episode. Penultimate episode. We had the penultimate episode. Episode 24 of Fate Apocrypha. And I am going to level with you, Steve. 
I loved this. Uh, I would say the first 20 minutes were a bore. I'll tell you that right now. Re- well, for you, maybe. I <laughs> was having a great time watching this. I Let me, let me, okay, let me walk you back. Yeah, walk okay, back tell first. me why. Because I love the fight at the end. The flaw. Oh, that was epic. But everything else, I got some bones to pick. So tell me, what, what, what caught your eye? Well, first of all, I... We'll be honest, when I booted it up, I was like, you know, coming off our other Fate Apocrypha episode, I was, you know, we didn't really understand anything. We were certainly watching an episode that was very lore heavy and setting up a lot of stuff, and we had no idea what was going on. So I wasn't, I will say, thrilled to watch this episode. I was like, all right, whatever, we got to do it. So I booted it up on Netflix earlier today, in fact. And for whatever reason, Netflix immediately put me on the dub rather than the subs. And I was and I was just like, I don't care. Nothing wrong with dubs. Oh no, nothing wrong with dubs, but we just typically tend to watch subtitles. So it was odd that Netflix it was notable that Netflix had me on the dubs, because typically I just have it set to set to subs automatically. And I and I and I was like, I don't whatever, I'm too lazy. I'm I'm leaving it on dubs. I'm listening to the dub of this episode. And it was great. It was so good. Our our girl Erica Harlicher Harlicher Harlicher. Yep, yep, yep. I'm sorry, Erica, if I said your name wrong. Um, plays Joan of Arc. Fantastic. She was fantastic. Zach Aguilar, of Tanjiro fame, played Sieg. Awesome, fantastic, and a few other people in there whose names I can't recall. And honestly, people who I don't know, but the guy who played the guy who played Shakespeare, fantastic, and the guy who played Gilderai was fantastic. And let me tell you, Steve, as a Fate Zero fan, as a Gilderai fan, and as a Joan of Arc fan from Fate Go, <laughs> oh, dude, so much. The scene between her and Gil, where he like breaks down and she lets him redeem himself. And they have that great moment together of being like the only time, like I was truly happy fighting with you by my side. I was like, this is great. This is awesome. I love seeing these two characters together. And I love anything Gilderai does because Gilderai is such a crazy and ridiculous and amazing character. And I love him in Fate Zero and I love him in this apparently. So wait, his name is Gilderai? Gil, I think it's it's uh, French. It's G-I-L-L-E-S. So, 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 the first thing, this entire plot sounded a lot like Evangelion. I know we mentioned it before in the past, but like, hey, you know, I am the main villain. Oh, God, I'm trying to pull up his name right now. It's like Shio, yeah. I think. Fate Apocrypha. Let me pull this up. The Man Who Ate an Apple. What is that 2012 movie? Why are you pulling for Fate Apocrypha? Find out later, friends. <laughs> Here we go. So we have our two, the the you know the penultimate going after Shiro, uh, Tokisara, Amakusa is you know talking to Gene Derek and Sieg, saying like I want to you know use the Holy Grail to basically turn all of humanity into their own spirit conscious because they'll be immortal, won't have to fight each other anymore, will not know pain, uh, you know anger depression, etc. while Gene and Seeger are saying that's what, you know, makes humans human and keeps them going forward and, you know, makes, you know, is the basis of their creativity and passion in life. And I'm like, this sounds a lot like Evangelion. 
with the Human Instrumentality Project. Come on, that was like, I would say very close to almost ripped off. Very close. <laughs> oh, I'd say ripped off just because. I mean, that's such a like a. I guess so. I guess I'm. A, uh, it's such an end of the world. You know, someone, it's such a bad. It's such a bad guy plot. It's such an end of the world. Doesn't anime want everyone to be happy. Plot. Yeah, and Gilly's. I, <laughs> I, I really found it fun. I'm sorry, I found it funny when he was talking to Gene, and I understand that Gene's trying to like talk him out of it. Like, listen, that's not the way. Like, this has to go down. You know, defect. Come over to my side, essentially. See it my way. And he essentially says, then what did I essentially kill all these children for? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Reminds me of Star Wars with Anakin killing all the younglings. Like, it's too late now. But that's I've, from, I've killed that's, all the younglings. I got to do from, this. That's from historical fact, is that Gilderai was this, like, he actually did fight for Joan of Arc in history, so you're you're getting real history from this, Steve, as well. Star Wars ain't giving you real history. Whoa! Ha- after- wait, wait, wait! The very beginning of Star Wars is a long time ago. <laughs> the galaxy far away. So this is all history, sir. But the G- Gilderai, in in actual historical fact, after Joan of Arc died, became this rampant serial killer who murdered. I think it's like uh, over a hundred children. He just was going crazy and killing all these people. And so that's always been very, that's always made him very unhinged, obviously. And and they really explore that in Fate Zero, where he mistakes Saber for Joan of Arc. And now here, it was kind of nice to see a different, different side of that and to see him still be unhinged and still have that, that recognition of being, of her saying like, you're never going to be forgiven by the people you killed, but that doesn't mean that you can't, go forward and and do something right for once and save the world and then i thought i thought no i i liked their relationship a lot i'm sure we get more of it throughout the show and i loved it i thought fan department was awesome is this show great i still don't really know what it's about i have no idea what it's about other than almost evangelion i would also find it i found that i mean obviously if we want to talk about the fight with uh shiro versus sig that was fantastic some fantastic so a1 good. pictures yeah, so so good, and just I thought it, 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 they did such a good job of characters that I really don't know much about outside of Joan of Arc and, and Gilderai from Fate Go. I was hype, man. When 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 Joan of Arc dies in Sieg's arms and Sieg like stands up, and there is I don't know if the subs caught the same moment, but the English dub had the guy Shio. He had this great line where he was like. Oh, I don't hold grudges saying like I won't hold a grudge against dead Joan of Arc and Sieg stands up and goes, But I do. And then it yes, was just he, like yes. I was like, let's go. I'm so hyped for this fight right now about characters that I know nothing about. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the sub two. That was exactly translated like that. I I would say Joan of uh Jean de Arc's like transformation and that portion was really cool i found her final attack just kind of off i don't know it's just like oh we're making this giant black hole pretty cool for shooter to cut off his own arm and be like i i'm going all in and cutting off my arm to you know cause this giant magical attack to kind of cause a black hole gene d'arc does this huge fireball attack he sucks it in and then she gets overtaken by the blast and dies right Essentially, I suppose so. I, suppose I guess so, yeah. it was sad. See, I also found Definitely. funny where, where 
where Shiro, Shiro's like, my real name is Shiro Takisada Amakusa. Oh, yeah. And Sig's yes. like, Sig. I'm like, okay. That, yeah, I, I laughed at that, <laughs> like, too. Sig. I'm like, oh, all right. all right. Versus Sig. Again, I am I am endlessly intrigued by, by Fate Apocrypha now. I can see, and I even saw it in the last episode. I was like, this seems good if I knew what was going on. And now I know that it is good, even despite not knowing what was going on, because I was really into this episode. So... Give me more Fate Apocrypha. Let me let me let me watch some more of this. The only thing I'll have to say too is I'll have to give a shout out to one of my uh, cosplay friends who actually has cosplayed uh, uh, Gina Arc. And yeah, I, I texted. I was really looking at the entire time. I was like, "Wow, how did you make that headdress?" She actually yeah, that must be hard. I'd love. To yeah, see she that. did the flag too and everything. It was great. I'll have to pull it up for you on the side, but yeah, she did a great job. So I was looking at that too because I always got that cosplay eye. You could you could cosplay Shakespeare. Oh. I'm not gonna. Cosplay you had a, Shakespeare. that great green uh, suit. Come on. Oh my God, no. You know one thing I I definitely do like always envy and miss is that I think females definitely get or female characters get the best outfits. I'd rather be Jean d'Arc than Seek. I'll tell you that sure, right now. Sure, sure. I mean, nothing stopped me. I could do it, but you know, I don't think I'll be able to pull it off well. Let's just no, they're that. usually more iconic. That's that's true. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we might not get to stay on Fate Apocrypha. We might have to move to something no. else. We might have to go to another Prisma Ilia OVA. Who knows? <sighs> Could be. We got all those on Crunchyroll. Well, almost all. Not the OVAs. All the rest of the episodes are on Crunchyroll. So, with that said, I do have a spreadsheet of every single movie, short, anime spinoff. We've seen a bunch, actually. And each and every week, we're doing a random number generator, throwing them in there, seeing what we're going to watch. So right now, let me do a quick look. All right, we have out of 14, because we did add Spring Song on there. Maybe we pull oh, out this time. I thought you were going to say Shoto no Sushi. No, Shoto no Sushi is not in there, because I have no faith <laughs> I'll be able to find it. I am not going to another website that's going to re- require VPN and a virus scan after I no, see. Fate's going to take you there. Fate by itself will take you to that VPN once yeah. more. So will Fate turn, turn, turn. Let us know the episode we're going to endure. We are going to actually something we've never seen before, which sounds surprising. Prisma Ilya Season 3. Oh! We've never seen anything from season three. I know we've seen a lot because season one, two, and two and a half were separate. Season three is its own thing, and this also has 12 episodes. Dope. So, putting that in there, too. What are we watching? We're watching the first episode. Episode one, City Fading to Silver. So this takes place immediately after the Bathhouse OVA. Is that what I'm hearing? Th- that is exactly what happens yes! right after the Bathhouse OVA. I mean, it's the only way. You get to see the get to see the the ramifications of that. So we're putting that in there. Putting What's some... happening? You got a, you got a little yeah yeah yeah. yeah. The girls on? learn that the crater created in the mountain during their previous battle has mysteriously disappeared. While investigating the scene, they are suddenly confronted by two adversaries who overwhelm them and ca- capture Miu. As Ilya tries to chase after her, she finds her in a parallel world covered in snow. Oh, my God. When she meets a peculiar girl only known as Tanaka. It's the movie, Steve. We are, do you, is she going back to the original world? 
I, I think so, yeah. Oh my god, we actually have so much context. I know, it finally is coming all together. All those random episodes matter now. And let me do a little housekeeping too. I have to actually mark down, this is shame on me, Apocrypha. I haven't marked down that we actually saw a second episode of that. Yeah, no, shame, shame on me, 24. Well, there is our assignment for the week. We will be watching the first episode of season three of Prisma Ilia. But we must now transition over to our character ranking lists of The Waifu Watch and The Best Boy Bulletin, where every single week one of us brings a character for the other's perusal as we try to place them into the definitive list of best girls and best boys. Steve, I believe it is your turn to bring someone to the table. I bring a best girl. Now, based on our last conversation last week, you brought a heavy hitter for our best boys. I know we're going to get much into best boys, but you brought Lelouch, which is definitely a heavy hitter, ended up number two on the best boy list. So with that, I was thinking I had to return the favor and definitely shoot for the top area for... The waifu watch. It's going to be tough because right now we have as our top five. I'm going to say top five right now. We got Misato from Neon Genesis Evangelion, Asuna Yuki from Sword Art Online, number two, Shoko Nishima, number three from A Silent Voice, Asuka, also from Neon Genesis Evangelion, number four. And I, I, I will never, I'm so, bring, so, brings me so much joy. Nino Nakano from Quintessential Quintuplets at number five. As customary, I'm going to read a little bit of this character, and you'll have to let me know who you think it is. I'm going to leave out some immediate, like, things I'll make it recognizable, because where's the fun in that? Mature as she is, this character is very sarcastic, often expresses through interactions with the main characters. The former due to his eccentric and in insectricities and frequent insensitive behavior, and the latter due to his perverted remarks. Apart from these two, she's quite friendly with almost anyone as long as they don't do inappropriate actions and constantly engage in petty arguments. In general, this character treats others depending on how largely how they treat her. Sometimes they say disrespectful things to respectful people, but usually she's kind. She has been described as as Sinandre, and time to time, she is shown to be annoyed whenever someone calls her that, but usually by doing something that unironically ends up proving their point. She is incredibly accomplished as a scientist and is a very serious, mature young woman and is usually calm and collected under pressure. Who am I talking about? Christina! Of course, I'm bringing Matt... Kurisu Makis to the waifu watch here. Definitely shooting for a high mark because apart from Asuna, she put, I had the most figures of her. And that means saying something because I got all my entire in life savings and investments in all these figures. Kurisu, what is your thoughts on her? I'm going to have to pull her up. I got I to gotta take a look. I like her. I like her. I, you know, I I think I'm on record as saying I'm not, like, 
the biggest Steinsgate fan in the world. I like Steinsgate quite a lot. I like Steinsgate quite a lot, but I don't know if I'd say I love Steinsgate. Um so yeah, Kurisu. I mean, she is she is certainly very capable. She is certainly incredibly intelligent, which is very attractive, and she certainly calls people out on their shit, which is also nice to see, you know. She definitely calls Okabe out on his stuff all the time and doesn't take his shit, and I and I do appreciate that. Ah, but this is this is a tough tough toughie though. With this top five the way it is right now. Let me think. Let me let's say it like this. We looking at our characters. Let's look at the top ten. I'm looking at Sinundres, since we know we know that and we do love these characters. Our top ones we have is Asuka, Nino, and Rin. Is there anyone else in the top ten you would classify as that not Mikasa? Was it number nine? No. No, Kaylin, no, no, no. Maybe. I mean, I guess you could say, did you say Nino? Nino, yes. Nino, yes, you could, you totally. You could say no. as a tsundere. Sund- 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 yeah. Kaylin? Mm. I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I, it's tough. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say, no, I wouldn't say Cal it is. No, no. So, my eye right now is falling... Under Nino, but around perhaps this is where the this is where the list gets tough. This is where we've backed ourselves. Well, it's not that we've backed ourselves into corners. It's just that like, how do you maneuver? Because I might put her around Rin or Callan. It's true. But I like I would say I like Hawkeye more than Christina, and Hawkeye is number eight under Rin and Callan. But think about everything Christina has gone through going in the past being able to solve something that she's never been able to see before as such a qualified scientist almost facing something that should not exist time travel and trying to deal with little to no resources at all compared with you know with uh Okabe Luca Mayuri they're not they're not helping it, the entire operation is on her to save the world from World War Three. That's true. That's a good point. She is up against insurmountable odds, and she is easily the most capable person in her unit. And so th- I would say that that puts her very close to Mikasa Ackerman from Attack on Titan. I My eye right now goes above Mikasa, below Hawkeye. What is your, what is your rebuttal? Above Mikasa below i man it is it is tough because i'm thinking i'm thinking of two things with with kurisu first off again love her mind she is incredibly talented smart i don't even tell you that too i think she would just be adorable just to you know if you go on a date with her oh man i would love just trying to poke fun at her because she's so easily riled up, and I think that cuteness factor plays into a little bit. There is a Steinsgate romance so, visual novel that you could play. There is a there is there, there is a Steinsgate visual romance game. I have played some of these games too. I would not recommend them because they're they're so long. But I guess if you're getting to a Look, visual you know novel you're getting, game, yeah, you know what you you're getting. You know what you're getting. I, you're getting, I like you're, a good long visual yeah, novel. Sometimes it's 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 it's, return, it's it's rehashing the entire story. You're getting a few extra 
JPEGs of scenes where like, oh no, I walked into the sh when they were taking a shower, like in every single other game, of course. But do I anticipate it and like it every time? <laughs> of course I do. Listen, hey, I'm not gonna say no. But it's it's tough because I would say I would like her more than Rin. I would rather I I, see. I don't know if I could can say that. Rin? Wow, Rin. I love Rin. I love Rin. Rin. I don't know. You, what's your you argument? What, like what would? Rin. What's your argument over Rin? I feel like every time I've seen a lot of Rin. All right. I think I'm. I'm fair to say that. I love Rin's personality. However, I just never see her showing her true potential and capabilities. I've seen her do her magic attacks. I've never seen really anything come out of fruition with that. I've never actually seen her, and I mean this in a nice way, I've never actually seen her succeed in anything, which sounds like a shitty thing to say. I'm being honest. Every time she's going up against it, she has to either has to retreat or she has to have Shiro uh, bail her out. So that's why I'm putting Christina above Rin because Christina's the one getting shit done. Building literally a time, building literally a time machine. By that logic, it's interesting that we have Rin over Callan, Riza, and Mikasa, three of the most capable people <laughs> that succeed constantly at what they do. But it's just that personality. So I'm, I'm comparing. I'm, it's two things because the Sinundra personality we just love so much. So that's why it counts for a lot. But if, if I'm, if they both are under that personality then i'm looking for capability that's why i am requesting kudisu to be above rin i don't think i'll be able to sell you on nino that'd be too tough no that's not happening that's not I that's know. not see, happening see listen I'm, I'm a man who understands his is limits. that would you make that argument though if you had if you had ultimate control over this list would you put her <laughs> above nino i mean if i if i had ultimate control i would probably Put her probably even above even above Shoko, but I know I'm not gonna do it, man, because this is a two. This is if a two you had your ultimate lit, would you put her above Misato? No. Okay, good. No. I just want to I just want to make sure you're still a sane man. And listen, the amount of figures I got, I got Asuna, and I have Christina right here, and we know how many Asuna figures I have. I'm gonna be gutted when Hawkeye falls out of the top ten. Okay. But. Can we cut the difference and put her put her under Rin and above Callan? I will I will accept that compromise. Okay. Okay. Firm but fair. Okay. I'll I'll accept that compromise. Rin has a lot to prove. Is there more to coming? Because I've seen all of Steins Gate, including all the spin-offs. I just don't remember maybe I need to rewatch Steinsgate. I don't remember her like really giving in to the romance with Okabe. Whereas I love when Rin uh, she loves okay. it. She really gets in she she commits to the romance. It comes, you know, we see that we see that we see that growth of her accepting this love and, and, and being a part of it. And it's so nice. So there is a little there is, I, I will admit you want more. You crave more of the romance that happens in Steinsgate. When you get the pieces of it, you're like, oh, this is so sweet between her and Okabe. Uh, the main pieces would be because time travel is weird. There is one part in the middle of Steinsgate where 
I'm trying, oh man, I'm, I'm trying to think back to time travel. I'm like, when did this happen? But when did it happen for the other characters too? Uh, where Okabe definitely has to go back in time and he has to change a lot of stuff, but he admits to Christina that he loves her, but he's like, you're not going to remember any of this at all. So, you know, but I'm telling you now because I'm not sure if I'm able to make it back and, you know, make it back this time. They have a kiss, goes back in time. Obviously, everything's erased. He remembers everything. She doesn't. This, that's the original Steins Gate. You see from Christina's perspective, that same thing happened, which is also still bittersweet in Steins Gate Zero. Except, you know, as time travel works, you see that. And the so those, those two moments and the... OVA at the very end, which actually takes place post uh, the entire show. You know, it's like a- after everything has happened, they're actually enjoying time in America where basically Okabe and Christina kind of talk it out and be like, we have a thing for each other, right? You know, we've gone through all this turmoil and this ordeal. You know, I do have feelings for you. We never actually discussed, talked about it. Other than that, the Deja Vu movie at the very beginning where we got some alcohol involved. We got some cute, mm. yeah, some, yeah, yeah, some cute moments, but alcohol makes everything better at that. So those are the moments. They're few and far between. They're, they're bittersweet and you crave more when they happen. We get the, we get that payoff with Rin, but you we know, get that culmination. We get that catharsis. Do, do we, have seen I seen yet? that yet? I have. <laughs> okay. I'm trying, I'm putting a lot of faith on you. That when I see you, I mean, this, you got glimpses of it Rin, in that, most recent unlimited blade works when they're in the yeah when, when they're yeah they're yes. back to back we, we get more of it you get more mm-hmm. of it and then the end of the show there okay we're a partner here i, I don't know that was a that was a good compromise we cut the, we cut the difference kind of exactly where we both were i know which gives us a new top 10 much unchanged but a few notable exceptions. Number one is Misato Katsuragi from Evangelion. Number two, Asuna Yuki from Sword Art Online. Number three, Shoko Nishimiya from A Silent Voice. Number four, Asuka Langley Suryo from Evangelion. Number five, Nino Nakano from Quintessential Quintuplets. Rin Tosaka at number six from Fate's Day Night kept her post. Number seven, Kurisu Makase from Steins Gate. Number eight, Kalan Kozuki from Code Geass. Number nine, Riza Hakai from Full Metal Alchemist. And number ten, Dangerously Close, Mikasa Akron from attack on titan oh man this list is going to get more contentious yeah we've we've built a i mean we built a a, a heavy heavy hitter top 10 here i really like this top 10 list and man i'm looking at the middle 10 oh there's yeah yeah Catholic. This battle royale we're about to build up is going to be boy. We got we got to get a few more in there, and then all gloves are off. I have no idea how Kirisu will do in a match against, <laughs> against Spike <Roy> Spiegel. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, we come to another ending of another episode of Weeb Weekly. I would, of course, tell you that if you would like to let us know what some of your favorite 90s anime were, if you would like to request someone for the Waifu Watch or the Best Boy Bulletin, you can, of course, reach out to us by emailing in at weeblyweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Steve, where can people find you at? You can find me at Save Cosplay on Twitter and at Save Point Cosplay on Instagram. And you can find me at Joe Reese VO on all major social media platforms. 
And now, of course, we come to our customary ending of Steve's Hot Take, where Steve gives you a nice steaming hot take with zero context and zero explanations, and that is just the end of the show. So, without further ado, Steve, what's your hot take? Are you going to tell me that Goku and Vegeta spent three years in the hyperbolic chamber of time preparing for the tournament arc against Champa, and there was nothing in between them. They spent three years together. I don't believe it. There's definitely something there. Thank you and good night.